your grateful host, Dan Riley. Think for a second about the best speeches you've ever heard. Who were those speakers? Why? Or what about those speeches have them still etched in your consciousness today? The answer is going to be different for each of us. Some are partial motivation and inspiration. Others like dazzling new information, while others prefer humor. They like to be entertained. Some want all of the above in a speech. One thing I'm absolutely sure about, no one is going to say such and such was my favorite speech because I just love the way Mr. Big Shot uses PowerPoint. Did you see those graphs? Wee doggy. How about that Cheerios box? He had that thing dancing right across the screen. And did you hear it? It was whistling Dixie as it danced across the screen. No, no. Speakers are not remembered for all the whiz-bang gadgets they employ. As dazzling as technology has become, it cannot be a substitute for, nor can it ever replace a good speaker. Oh, it can enhance a speech or drown one out, to be sure, but not replace one. Speakers are remembered because of how they make us feel. She moved me. She touched me. She inspired me. She made me think. She made me laugh so hard I was brought to tears. I can hear somebody out there say, yeah, but none of my favorite speeches came from a business environment. They all came from marquee speakers or the movies. Point taken. But don't you think we ought to learn from the best? And I'm not sure the employees from Starbucks would agree. In my opinion, Howard Schultz is among the top public speakers in our country today. And besides, becoming a great communicator in business, unlike any other acquirable skill, has the potential to launch one's career into the stratosphere. And who knows? That might be the very catalyst that causes a person to move to a different stage, a new place where they can deliver their magnus obus. As I've said on other podcasts, the late Jim Rohn was one of my favorite speakers. But he didn't start out as a public speaker. He gained his initial success from selling nutritional products. It was only after being asked to share his success story with a local Rotary Club, so powerful were his presentation skills, that speech took him on a journey that would someday make him a national treasure. And it launched a second career that lasted over 40 years as he shared his success philosophy with over 4,000 audiences all over the world. All right, let's get to today's topic. I've taken all the formal speech training I've received, the decades of experience from both attending and delivering speeches, Add in a lifelong study of oratory and tossed all these ingredients into a metaphorical distillery to produce a real-world approach for becoming a highly effective communicator in today's corporate and entrepreneurial worlds. Over the next few weeks, I'll be producing a series of podcasts and videos showcasing the seven-week online public speaking training class I've recently created. 
This mini-series was designed so that one best benefits by viewing or listening to these podcasts in the same sequential order as they are uploaded. This one would be third in the series. The first two were why investing in a tape recorder is important, and the other one was how to develop a speaker's mind. I've added the links to both those videos in the description. With future podcasts, I'll give their number in the mini-series. I've discovered a good starting approach as one learns the art of public speaking is to divide speech into two categories. Now, as I use the word speech for our purposes here, I am meaning not just the standard speech, but any kind of communication done in the world of commerce while other people are present, where there's an audience. Public speaking in its broadest terms. Examples would be business presentations, reporting out data, product reviews, marketing campaigns, etc. Okay, back to my bifurcation. I separate all that is included in the universe of public speaking into one of two buckets, speech mechanics and speech content. Speech content would be the words themselves. This would include storytelling, rhetorical devices, openings, body, speech closings, use of quotations, types of language, Latin or Anglo-Saxon, impromptu or extemporaneous, sensory-specific language, etc. This should give you some idea of what I'm talking about when I say uh, speech content. I've dedicated, I will dedicate entire podcasts to speech content topics in the future. Speech mechanic is everything else but the words. This would include quality of voice, dress and appearance, body language, gestures, movement, audiovisual aids and props, to name a few. Here's the paradox. If you really want to make your words impactful, you need to be aware of and ultimately master everything that are not your words. Because these qualities, practices, or behaviors can do one of two things. They can distract from your message mightily, or they can greatly enhance your message. So, stay tuned for next week. I'll be talking a lot more about speech mechanics. As for today, that's all there is. Please follow if you are listening, or subscribe if you are watching, and be sure to like and comment. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, throw off those bowlines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds. We're on the move now.